passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. Thanks for everyone who tuned in. Thanks for everyone who's leaving comments and telling us how dumb we are. I live on that type of energy. My name is Jeff Nowak, WWL Digital Sports Producer, alongside Steve Geller, Saints sideline reporter, was on the field for this game. He was cold. He was standing in front of the heater. He was probably warmer than I was. It really wasn't that bad, but it did, you know, the there was more chilliness as the game went on because things looked more and more out of reach or for this this team that just couldn't put anything together. Did you get a chance to talk to any of the pigeons? No, but it was kind of funny. I was wondering if the Saints would ever make it downfield far enough to disturb the pigeons from where they were resting. <laughs> that was what I said. It was like, how long is it going to take for the Saints to make these pigeons move? Exactly. And I don't think they did. I think I remember who was. I think it might have been Rod Walker who was like, it's like the pigeons knew the the quarter changed because they got they flew from one end of the field to the other. <laughs> A little bit of breaking news. The Texans have claimed former Cardinals running back Eno Benjamin. He was someone that I was actually hoping the Saints might have been in on. Yeah, I will be interested to see if they put a claim in on him. Because, yeah, whenever a guy who ran for 100 yards against you is suddenly a free agent, (laughs) I feel like you take a look, especially when you are a team that doesn't have any young running backs. But, nope, he's going to be hanging out with Damian Pierce. So, there you go. So, this segment, we're going to get into the studs and duds from this game. And there's a lot of options when it comes to duds and Jeff we we are even looking for another running back because Jordan Howard's been waived yeah well they didn't use him when he was out there so yeah right yeah and, and you know Mark Ingram's still there they're hoping to get Mark Ingram back so who knows maybe next week you know it's supposed to be a three to four week injury so they didn't put him on injured reserve which would indicate that they're expecting to get him back inside that four week window they don't put anybody on injured reserve it seems like 
Well, yeah, not until too late. Right. <laughs> like I think they're 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 underestimating the, the amount of time these guys are gonna be out, but there's gonna be a lot more duds to talk about. So we're gonna start with this studs. And who is your first stud from this game? You know, with Pete Werner out, I thought Caden Ellis filled in admirably. A uh, guy that, you know, is a, a total big motor, a big effort kind of guy. And he kind of lived up to the moment for me. It didn't look like he lo- he was overwhelmed at all, made some nice plays, and I thought even was decent in coverage. He was a bright spot in this game and a very dreary game. He was a yes. bright spot. Um, and it's like you're not displacing Pete Werner from that position, obviously, but you know, that's a position where you now feel like you have depth and you have a guy who you can play at Sam, you can play at Will. I don't know if he can play at Mike, but having that type of backup material is is what you want to have at every position. So that's a good thing. You know, I think over-relying on Pete Werner in that role is probably a bad idea. You know, that's a volume position, but if you can have a rotation at linebacker where you're kind of moving guys around, that's that's helpful. So yeah, I thought he was, I thought he was solid. He also forced a fumble which this team has not forced any turnovers this year. They weren't able to get on top of it. But Amazing that we, it, it, the ball just seemed to be like lying there and time and space froze and we still can't get to it. Yeah, it's, it's the, the inability to turn the ball over on defense is one of the strangest things. No luck there at all this year. No luck and also just I don't think you have anyone who you know, puts pressure on it, you know, like, they're not good at punching the ball out. They're not good at being ball hawks. You know, they're not in position to make interceptions. I thought Alante Taylor almost did, but then got called for a penalty right. and he still dropped it. Like it wouldn't even have been an interception if they hadn't made that call. <laughs> so no, it's Caden. Uh, Caden, I think, you know, he, he, he was a big question mark going into that game and he, and he showed up. So good for him. Yeah. You talk about, you know, a little bit of the last segment. If there's, there's guys that are DA guys on this team. I would say Caden Ellis is a DA guy. And yeah, he's, he's in full support of him. He said glowing things about him. And yeah. uh, like you said, I don't think anyone's going to go up there and completely just lie to our faces uh, just to make his coach look better, even though he doesn't believe that. So it's And it's frustrating overall. But uh, with Caden, hopefully we get to see even you know more brighter spots from him. I don't think he's a guy you want to see Obviously, in bulk situations, in, in more of these situations often, though, it's kind of like the small sampling of Andy Dalton was great, but too much Dalton is not a good thing. Yeah, that's what I said when they put Andy Dalton in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, so let's let's go. The, other, the only other player that I can feasibly call a stud in this game is a guy that we, we trashed last week a little bit. Yeah. And it's Blake Gillikin. I thought he had a good game punting, right? Like one of the criticisms I've had of him is not that he's, you know, shanking every punt. It's just that you haven't had those kind of field flipping, like kind of momentum swinging punts. And you had those in this game. Like he pinned him at the 10 on one drive. There was, there was a drive in the second half that it was 10 to 10. And he had a 58 yard net punt that did not get downed. It like took a right turn at the goal line and went out of bounds. And you could say it's luck, but he's done that before. We saw him do it twice against Washington last season. But we had to. We haven't seen him do anything remotely close to that this season, and he did. And so that was a point in the game when that happened. When he put that punt down there at the two yard line, I thought, man, the Saints are going to win this game because all the defense has to do is go out there and force a punt, and you you get your offense the ball in good field position. 
if the Steelers and their rookie quarterback screw up at all, you're in safety territory. A turnover there is points. And not only were they unable to get get a turnover, get a game-changing play, the Steelers drove 83 yards and scored on that possession. Disgusting. 11 plays. Yeah, I think it was like a six-minute drive, chewed up a bunch of clock, and was really just demoralizing in all kinds of ways. Yeah, the, the Steelers didn't punt in the second half. Ugh. They missed two field goals. Yeah. What did our Steelers guests call him again? Tomato can? The tomato can. That was right. There, there you go. Yeah, he was a tomato can. He, he missed badly. That was the only thing that kept the Saints alive. Um, there's a reality where you make a stop there or turn the ball or force a turnover or get a safety, and suddenly the Saints have the lead and they have momentum and, and, and confidence, and they might go and win that game. But the defense just completely folded, and that's what you've seen way too often this season. But again, this is a this is about the stud, and that's Blake Gilligan, who I thought, you know, if he could do that every week, special teams would be back to being an asset because it hasn't been to this point. No, there hasn't been many assets, though, all year. That's a good point. All right. <laughs> there are a few other guys that we can at least mention. So Jawan Johnson obviously caught a touchdown. I don't want to give – you know, I considered him as a stud, but if you go back and watch the film – he struggled as a blocker, and everyone struggled as a blocker, so it's not all on him. Adam Troutman didn't block well. The offensive line didn't block well, but he did catch a touchdown. He has been an asset in the two-minute drill. The only part of the offense that's looked good has been the two-minute offense, so he gets at least an honorable mention stud in this game. Yeah, I, I think there's at least been some in you know production from Juwan and – has made himself a little bit, you know, a question mark in fantasy football even uh, because he's he's even had those late garbage time scores for this team. And, you know, in fantasy, obviously, it's all about getting into the end zone. And for whatever reason, he's he's getting those targets at least. He's leading the team in touchdown catches. That's wild to think about, right? At four. And at, and at tight end, you could do worse, right? Like uh, once you get past like the first three or four, everyone is a touchdown dart throw. And that's what he is. Uh, anyone else you want to mention before we move on? No, I'm ready to get on to the duds. All right. Who is your first dud of this game? I'm giving it to the entire rushing game because you have 15 carries, 29 yards, 1.9 yard average per carry. You can't tell me this is all on the offensive line here. Well, I mean, not all of it. A good portion of it. I mean, you couldn't block DJ Watt all day, but no, I mean, there we have more success doing like Andy Dalton QB sneaks. That is true. You could probably average better than two <laughs> yards of carry if you just did QB sneaks the entire game or Taysom QB power. I don't know. Well, so that's you know, when I went back and watched the film on Taysom, he 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 did not handle the rush well, you know, and I, I think part of it is he didn't trust the blockers in front of him, but he was, he, there was the first run of the game. He it looked like he had his blocking, his blocking held up. It was power guard pulling a power run to the left. And he cut back to the right where he had no blockers. Um, and it just looked like he just didn't trust the people in front of him. And then, you know, that's, that's on him. There was another play that he completely missed Alvin Kamara on a, on a, uh, an option route that, yeah. you know, Alvin might still be running if he had hit him on it. He didn't play well. Alvin, you know, it's it's frustrating, but one of the reasons that you can't that teams are typically not going to be over-reliant, they're not going to overpay at the running back position, is that it's a position that 
it's very difficult to be dominant in if things aren't going well around you. Like it's not like there every now and then you'll get an Adrian Peterson who can literally just elevate a team and put the team on his shoulders. It's difficult to do that. And that's what you saw in this game. Like he didn't touch the ball. He didn't make an impact. And you're, he's your legitimate star player and you need more out of him. So in the sense that the running game struggled because of the offensive line, sure, he didn't make an impact in any way. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yeah, and I, I felt like I almost jinxed the team with the fact that heading into halftime, I was all like, you know, I, I haven't had to hang out at the injury tent at all this game. Hallelujah. And then when the team was coming back out for the third quarter, all of a sudden you didn't see James Hurst with the team anymore. And not after that first opening drive, the media relations guy on the field let me know. It's like Hurst is out for the rest of the game with a concussion. And I was like, so now you're out three starters on that O-line. Yeah. It, it, you couldn't get a, a much worse scenario, especially being on the road against a team that just had – they got their star back on defense, and we just had really nobody up front anymore. Everybody – it was just decimated. And keep in mind, Landon Young isn't even supposed to be your backup left tackle. Yeah. <laughs> He's supposed to be your backup right tackle. Lewis Kidd is just supposed to be your backup left tackle, but he was in the game at guard. So – you know, not only is he a backup who's in the game, he's a backup playing out of position right next to a backup guard who is standing next to a backup center. <laughs> yeah, not ideal. Yeah, that's rough. And, and, you know, hopefully hopefully you can get Trevor Penning back soon. And, and, you know, I think if nothing else, he'll be an asset in the run game that you haven't had. Yeah, they could use somebody to help grind out some, you know, things up front. We know he's, quote unquote, this mauler. Uh, and has to refine his pass tech, you know, his pass blocking more. But, you know, talking to Penning in the locker room last week, it seems like his trajectory, his trajectory is going in the right direction. Things are positive there. I don't know if he'll be ready for this week, though. Yeah, he's close. It'll be interesting to see if he's at practice. He still hasn't got a practice in. So until he's able to get a full yeah. week of practice, I don't think you'll see him in a game. But if he's able to get three full practices in, maybe you do see him on Sunday. And, and partially because you need the bodies, right? Like in a perfect world, you wouldn't have him back just because you're still working him in. Like he wasn't ready to start week one. Right. So he's not going to be ready to start week 11 have, having not gotten any reps at all. But you might need him. And if he's healthy enough to go, maybe you do put him out there. I don't know. But. That's something to watch. Let's let's move on to the next dud. Um, this is a guy who I know people were excited to see. They were excited that he was out there at all. It's 
wide receiver Jarvis Landry. And he did make a couple catches in this game. He had a couple nice moments. But when you go back on the film, I don't know if he's 100% yet from that ankle injury. And maybe he's not going to be 100% at any point this season. But you really needed him in this game to be an asset in the three-step passing game, right? The quick passing game to get the ball out of Andy Dalton's hands. And he just wasn't able to create separation. Like he wasn't able to make those violent cuts. He's a very similar receiver to Michael Thomas, right? He's not running away from anybody, but he makes violent cuts and he can create quick separation and quick release. And he wasn't able to do that. And there was a lot of plays you watched Andy Dalton, like wanting to fire it off the three step and just having no one to throw it. And, and that's a product of, I think, his ankle not being 100%. There was a block he tried to throw earlier in the game that you know he just got completely beat on. It looked like he was limping a little bit. I don't know if he was hopping because he was mad, but he didn't look right. And you know, it was you needed him back in there. You needed him to be effective. And I just don't think he was. He was also, he got called for an offensive pass interference. And I think that's partially frustration, right? When you're not able to generate space, when you're not able to create separation, you end up pushing. Like you, you have to do something else. And I think that's what that was. Whether he was fouled or not, he was able to get a hand on that ball that got tipped for that first interception. This is a guy who excels at making one-handed catches, so he's not going to use that as, that as an excuse. He wasn't able to make it. You needed more out of him in this game, and you just didn't get it. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that he's probably came back a little sooner than he he should have. That was the case, obviously, when he got hurt in Carolina, came back in the London game, and did further damage to that ankle issue. And he was a guy I just recall seeing even the Monday night football game. He was there, you know, on the sideline with a headset, um, you know, working with the coaches. And you could just tell how anxious he was to get back on the field. And I, I respect that part, obviously, the heck out of Jarvis, that he wants to be out there. He's trying to get, you know, even if he's less than 100%. And it, it, but, yeah, it, it wasn't like he was doing anything that was – over the top for this offense right now. And, you know, I expected his presence to help out a guy like Chris Olave even more, and it didn't even seem to have that much of an effect. I'll say Olave had a decent game, but nothing that was spectacular in Pittsburgh. No, and he's not going to be on, you know, on my stud line because he had a chance to make an impact in that game, and he was not able to. There was two plays that he got hit and dropped the ball. Yeah. Right. Like they were catches to be made there. One was a deep ball. I think it was third and seven. He just went up. It was similar to that, you know, 50 50 ball that they threw to Kevin White at the end of the yeah. game. And he just he got his hands on it, but he wasn't able to bring it in and, and control it to the ground. You know, you watch you watch Justin Jefferson go up there and make these insane one handed catches that like, should be impossible. It's like, you know, at a certain point, the receivers need to bail out the quarterback, right? Sometimes it has to go the other way. Sometimes it has to go, you know, all you can do is give a guy a chance and hope he comes down with it. There was that play. There was another one that he made a catch. Then he took a big hit and he dropped it. It was a 15-yard penalty, so it didn't end up hurting him. But, you know, it should have been like a 30, 40-yard gain, and instead it was a it was a 15-yard gain. But he's he's excellent. He doesn't have enough help. And Jarvis was a guy who you hoped would be out there. I don't know why they preferred Kevin White over Marquez Callaway. I'm interested to hear from Pete Carmichael on that one because, you know, Marquez is a guy who, if he's the target on that on that deep shot, I think he goes up and catches that ball. What I had a problem with, too, with Kevin White on that play, he didn't fight for that enough. No. Um, and no. It was just like you, you need to, you know, go all out. And even when they were on the ground, 
he kind of just was like, oh, well, the other guy's got it. Well, it's got to be it. Like it's either a catch or an incompletion. That should never be an interception. Right. He got two hands on it. The other thing he did wrong, which you know, it's 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 a tough criticism to make, but he is staring that ball down, like for twenty yards. Yeah. Like and and I get it. Like you got to track the ball, but it's like okay, you look, you see it's coming, and you turn your head, and you you can't just allow the defender to know the ball is coming. Like that's an interception, not because he didn't fight for the ball. It's because well, I mean that's part of it, but it's also because. The defender was able to turn his head, reset, and leap by the time the ball got there. Like a lot of times when you see an underthrown deep ball the way you had there, like that's not the worst thing in the world. Like, because the offensive player is just going to stop and go up. And uh, assuming they don't give the game away, the defender is going to run through you. Yeah. Because they can't stop their momentum like that. Right, but because that he turned exactly. back so early and is staring down the ball. The defender's like, oh, okay, turns around, and he plays the ball better than Kevin White does. And so, like, yeah, so Kevin White's on that line too. But I think I said this before. If your expectations are as low as I have for Kevin White to begin with, it's hard to call you a dud because why were you there? Why were you put in that situation? So that's on the coaching. And we've talked about this before. It's like we're we're stuck with the same group of receivers that we were last year kind of deal and – we know how that went, and it just, you know, not not having some guys like a Michael Thomas, obviously, around. It's it just it's made things a lot more difficult to get the ball down the field. And Kevin White, I don't know why he was put in that situation at all. Honestly, he was on the field a lot. When I when I saw him targeted on that play, I was like, wow, weird. Why is he even on the field? And then I went back and I watched the tape, and I was like, oh, he's out there a lot. I, I don't. Well, let me look up the snap count. Um, he must be a Carmichael guy. I don't know. Well, I know they like him on special teams. Like that's why you keep bringing him back, and I understand that. But he was out there on offense quite a bit. Yeah, he was in for thirty-one snaps on offense. Like he was in for almost seventy percent of the offensive snaps. That's wild to me. And that—that's not. I can't be good. And I just, what happened? Was it? Is there an underlying issue with Callaway? Something happened that they decided to move on from him there. Well, I think it's part of its blocking. Right. Like, I don't think Callaway has been blocking particularly well. And I think Kevin White, you know, for all his faults as a receiver, he is a good blocker. He is a very good athlete. So he can do those things. And I think that's part of the reason it's tough to get Rashid Shahid out there because he is this, you know, little frail guy. (laughs) And he's not a guy you expect to go block anyone. It's the same issue you have with Chris Olave. So, you, you know, this is a team that relies heavily on their receivers blocking in the run game. You're going up against a team that you know you're not going to be able to block with five offensive linemen. So you need a little more from that position, you know. But like, so where's Traquan Smith? Right? Like, Traquan got seven snaps in this game. He's been, a, yeah, and he's been pretty much a non factor all year long anyway. Yeah, you, you paid to bring him back, but now you're using Kevin White. And, and that's the thing. Even my own logic doesn't make sense because. The whole reason you brought Traquan back was everyone says it. He's a great blocker. Great blocker. So in this game, are you playing Kevin White for his blocking? It can't be for his hands. So no, I don't, I don't like that bothers me. No, the, and that, like I said, that whole scenario because I happened to be on the field and the the play, the interception occurred right, literally in front of me, and just White did nothing to fight for that football. No, I mean he went up for it. He got high. Like he got up to the point that he should have been able to take that ball 
out of his hands. Like I've seen Jamar Chase do that, right? Like he's that type of athlete. Like there's a reason he was a top 10 pick. He is an incredible athlete and like the height to which he jumped is absurd. He just you couldn't catch it. <laughs> and so, yeah, it, like you make your bed with Kevin White and that's what you get. And I, I, I feel bad because like Kevin White, I think he has done everything that's been asked of him. And his role is spe- as a special teamer, a quality special teamer and a blocker. And instead you're asking him to go up for a 50-50 ball on third and nine in a pivotal moment. And you get what you should. I mean, you should have been able to see that coming. Disappointing, frustrating, whatever you want to say. And like, I, I don't want to trash Kevin White, right? Like, like we know at this point in his career, the, the player that yeah. he is. And it's not a player who you should have put in that scenario. Moving on, a couple more. I thought Demario Davis was a dud in this game. You know, we, we were talking last week about, you know, him as a pass rusher. He has been very good. I think that was still the case. I think he was able to pressure this game, but he missed multiple tackles. And you can't do that. Like Demario Davis in his career, I've never felt like was just not tackling well watching him. But I did think that in this game. He just got outflanked to the edge on one play. Like he he was just like holding and he just got beat. It's like, what is happening? Uh, so I thought he I thought he was disappointing. Yeah, I I mean DeMario is definitely one of those guys that's obviously one of your key pieces on that defense and uh, a leader, but it's it's hard to really pinpoint, I guess, anybody having specifically a standout terrible game on that defense. I just felt all around there was a lot of missed tackles. I don't know who you know, would be the, the biggest culprit right there. But it just seemed that that's a huge issue that keeps popping up. And I don't know how you can fix that midseason. No, no. Just because we're going long here. Peyton Turner and Carl Granderson, I thought, also disappointed me in the sense that they kept losing contain on their rushes. And that's why Kenny Pickett was able to escape the pocket so many times. And, like, these are game-changing type plays. And you just need to be able to take him down in the backfield on that first touchdown. Like, Kenny Pickett was down, it was dead to rights, but Peyton Turner tried to like scoop inside. And it's like, no, just hold your rush outside. And he has nowhere to go. Instead, he he breaks it out and it's he throws it out of bounds. But instead of second and 17, it's second and 10. And they convert first down, they score a touchdown. So that was disappointing to me. Yeah, I thought Peyton Turner was one of my guys that we were talking about pregame. I thought was going to have a breakout kind of game for this team. I thought he was going to be able to get to Pickett, harass him a lot. That just wasn't the case. He continues to be an unfortunate disappointment. Uh, I I don't know what else you can expect from this guy that was a first-round pick now that just does not seem to be living up to those expectations. I think he's a player that you like the traits of, and he just hasn't been able to play enough. You know, he's still, what is he, in his eighth game of his his career, right? Yeah. Like, so it's not like he's, he's in game 20. He's making rookie mistakes in year two because he hasn't been there. So, but there should be a little more consistency from him at this point. I mean, I'm not expecting you have to play to be consistent. Yeah, you know, like I, I don't. I think he's playing like a rookie. He's he's he had the type of rookie game that I think Alante Taylor had in this game, which is just you know penalties, being out of position. You know, we I was very complimentary of Alante for his first three weeks. I think he kind of he took a bit of a step back in this game. The whole team did. So it's like you can't really blame a rookie specifically, but the penalties. There were six penalties that gave an automatic first down. And the situations they happened are probably the more annoying bit. Like second and eight, 
you have a defensive pass interference call. You know, that's a down where if you force an incompletion, third and eight, you feel like you should be able to get off the field. But hey, third and eight, roughing on Cantavius Street. That's another down you should be able to get off the field. They scored on that drive. Second and nine, you have a defensive pass interference on Paul Sanadibo. Again, it's a down where you force an incompletion. Suddenly you're having them play behind the chains. Well, not quite behind the chains, but you get the idea. There was one on first and 10, which doesn't really change it. Second and seven, you had a hands to the face call. Third and five in the red zone. Pass interference, which I think was a questionable call, um, but you know, like those all those those were all impactful. You know, multiple at least four of them were on drives that ended up in the end zone or with a field goal. He did. So, uh, Taylor did have a heck of a lick on the tight end, not Fryermuth, but it was one of the other tight ends on Pittsburgh. That no, I think it was actually on. Pickens. I think it was Pickens on that play. Okay, you know, he he had some nice plays. He wasn't all bad, but there were bad moments. You know, and there was too many of them. But again, he's in his fourth career game, so. You are in a situation where you are relying on him in a, a, you know, more than you probably should be. And, you know, after you get exposed enough, people are going to start taking advantage, right? Like, it's he's not a perfect though, too, because I mean, we're seeing these other teams, uh, like I'll say, like a Baltimore Ravens squad that was limping in to that Monday night game with so many injuries, but yet they were still able to piece it together, obviously, and still look pretty dominating in that game. Yeah, and I think that's a good place to cut this off so we can talk about another team that is limping in, which is the Rams, and which quarterback is going to be the one that faces them, and will it be the one that might still be limping himself? (laughs) You're listening to Inside Black and Gold.